Welcome to Beard Brothers Broadcast, a broadcast about science, tech, philosophy, engineering, pretty much anything my brother and I find interest. I'm Steven. And I'm Michael. And that is Michael. All right. So this week, I'm going to go ahead and bring an article about uh, Max Hodak, the co-founder and original president of Neuralink. Um, for those who don't know, Elon did the same thing he did roughly with Tesla, where he came in, in Tesla's case, for instance, around 2003, and, or 2004, I believe, and came to a company that effectively had a really good idea. Tesla was mainly about how to finance and charge for the electric cars, and said, hey, I'll give you a bunch of money, and took it from there. And he kind of did the same thing with Neuralink, which was there was a kind of a initial idea. So when, when Elon got involved with the um, idea that um, Hodak eventually, eventually made into Neuralink, and um, Elon took from there, his idea was based around a much smaller component of it, uh, which was just sort of like the hub. And then Hodak's using, idea or Musk's idea? Uh, Hodak. So the initial one based around the UC patent um, from about 2015. So this I isn't like a super new idea. Yeah, it was like a, a little disc with a little, um, chip. Uh, they used they used uh, what are called hard electrodes or electrode arrays, which kind of look like the underside of CPU, but you stick them into your brain. So <laughs> not the most comfortable yeah, but, image. I mean, do you really have nerve endings at the end of your brain with feeling? No, no, you won't feel so. it. And uh, in fact, what they replaced it with is even more terrifying. So this instead, what it does now is it just stabs you really frequently and fast. So put little tiny needles, you know, a little better. It's like a tattoo without ink. Yeah, 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 yeah. And instead, it's instead of ink, it's penetrating your brain with uh, little tiny wires. Dope. So, <laughs> so he uh, he was kind of one of the original guys. He was the original tech guys. Uh, so that's not necessarily a good sign. And as you probably know, Stephen, I've I've never been a super huge huge fan of the Neuralink project because of a couple of concerns I had with things like scarring. Um, some of the technology just isn't there yet. Um, in fact, I found an article from about August of 2020 where only about three of the original scientists, still the founding scientists that had done that um, project and were working on that patent, still remained. Uh, all the rest had left mostly because of things like rush timelines um, and just not being there with the science yet, um, being expected to come up with the product. So that's what I was having the too. big cheese if, who actually if everybody's leaving, leaving, my guess is it's that's not all, uh, it's usually only that. like one of two things. Yeah, <laughs> sinking ships and all that. It's yeah, it's either sinking ship and they're like, okay, fuck this, this ain't gonna work, I'm out, or they're like, okay, it's going, I'm out. <laughs> right? In uh, in kind of true um, Silicon Valley fashion, he announced this with a tweet, didn't explain anything, it just said, I'm moving on, I'm done. Uh, no yeah. comment from from Neuralink, no follow-up ever announced. Um, I think he made some kind of like very subtle comment that suggested it was not something that he was he had hoped for more from the company too. Yeah, so I, I reading some of this, it looks now. it looks more along the lines of it's a sinking ship. Hodak on Saturday didn't say say why he left the company, but he replied to another user who said it seemed too early for Hodak to leave. As Neuralink doesn't have a single product on the market, yeah. and Hodak said. I, I don't think he went entirely happily. Yeah, it was probably a forced resignation. Hey, shit's not ready. We're not getting anywhere. Or hey, doing this anymore. Yep. This is unethical. <laughs> That's not to say they haven't accomplished anything. They did release a video recently showing a monkey using the prototype. So the way the Neuralink works is it it reads kind of a localized cluster of individual um, cells from certain areas. 
and it combines all that data and then provides or performs some complicated analysis to determine roughly what's happening in that area. So, and so because of that, it can do the way I understand that this is working then is things such as, as the monkeys um, moving where you this ball it, back and forth across matter, the screen to the orange as, block, uh, movement, Neuralink's uh, recording what his brain even is doing. Possibly emotional Therefore, uh, eventually, it though, mostly when on where he chooses to problem. think about moving this ball instead of actually moving it, it can control it. So it's reading an intent, sort of, and it's reading what um, he's trying to gotcha. do. Gotcha. Obviously, as you can see on that screen, it looks just like gibberish. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it requires a lot of really complicated analysis. Yeah. Um, but you can do all of this with an EEG at this point. What really blows my mind about this is the fact that if you were to get an Neuralink advanced enough, you could stimulate your your brain into believing that it's seeing images which means that you could have a holographic display a heads-up display that's literally built into your head if we were at that point the most fascinating thing about that to me is that we wouldn't have to there'd be no point in visualizing something when you could just know it uh true right because our our memory our understanding of things is built out of a complicated um network of ideas and if we're able to stimulate that to show us something, then we're able to stimulate it. Then that means we can also stimulate it yes. to know it. So yeah. in that case, I don't have to show you where something is. You'll just know it as if you knew it already. That's, that's insane. That's insane. <laughs> so it looks pretty impressive, but generally that the technology they're using isn't that advanced. It's really the same sort of analysis we can do with things like an EEG machine. Uh, the difference is using their... Um, wires kind of planted deep into the brain or at least into the brain because um, they can only go a few uh, centimeters down and in, in through the exterior yeah you um, cut it too far you stick the wires in too far and the monkey's going to start drooling and peeing itself <laughs> as you can see in the video it's really nothing too crazy um, it's, it looks really amazing but it's kind of a showmanship thing because most of the um, the only thing that's really different from any other experiment you could run doing that with, uh, say, an EEG or some non-invasive technique is that the monkey happens to have wires stabbed into his brain um, to read the signals instead of reading them from outside the brain. Um, that's really great for more complex situations, but for something this um, invasive, it's it's sort of not giving us much more than we already can get. Right, right. It's it's high risk for little reward. Exactly. Yeah, There's there's been a lot of studies on the size of the electrodes making a difference on things like scarring and immune system responses and things like that, which, you know, not only reduce the effectiveness of the electrodes, but, um, you know, reduce the effectiveness of the brain that they're in, which is probably more concerning. <laughs> yeah. 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 That could be a terrible thing. Oh, I just got my new neural link. Oh, cool. I can't use the left side of my body. Now. <laughs> right, right, right. The uh, the smart thing that, that Neuralink's done is that they came up with a really highly flexible, super thin wire. So um, you can not only get it in there without hopefully as much immune system reaction and things like that as scarring um, due to the small size compared to neurons and some of the, uh, the defense systems. But also with the um, flexibility, you can prevent some damage that way. You can imagine if you like made jello and stuck some strings in there and then move the jello back and forth hard enough while holding a string taunt. Yeah. Everybody knows what would happen. 
Yeah, same thing would happen to your brain, and, and obviously that'd be a lot more yeah. traumatic to your brain. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it's capable of inserting up to six wires, 192 electrodes per minute. So basically this little robot that moves around your brain and stabs stuff. Yeah, cool. so you, you'd basically lay down, Hi, go to sleep, or Welcome to Bearded Brothers Broadcast, Cat. <laughs> Bearded Brothers and Cat. <laughs> Two, dudes Two dudes and, and a cat. cat. And not the dirty. <laughs> anyway uh, wait so I'm assuming this robot does not move around designed to attach to the insertion it's a, loops it's a surgical robot and the insertion loops are actually it's weird they have like a needle that goes into the device and these loops just kind of hold it against the, a plate so that when it stabs in and then feeds it forward it's holding it like in a loose grip if that makes sense like, with the scales, it'd be impossible to hold it like pinchers. I mean, not impossible. No, but, yeah, when you're talking about... It's kind of fascinating, too, because if they figure out the hardware, that opens up a huge amount. Really, that's our barrier right now. We we can use all kinds of software strategies to sort out, maybe not individual neurons, but certainly clusters or areas uh, from something like that and get really fine-tuned data compared to... Um, something external where as you can imagine like you're got it it's kind of like a soup of different signals inside and on the surface you only see kind of like the outside it's like looking into a uh, a fishbowl that's really cloudy you're not gonna be able to see what's going in very well so the robot has an insertion head with a 40 nanometer diameter needle and that inserts up to six wires or 192 electrodes per minute and that's roughly the size a little bit smaller than than average human hair yep. diameter. So basically what Neuralink's done is come up with a way to insert those tiny wires that fast and smoothly into the head. And then something that wasn't on the original patent but is very obvious, which is conductive charging, they just added conductive charging to a device so that they could charge it. Um, that's about it. Everything else is stuff that's already been done for a while. So I... It's kind of like Apple, where they're like, look how fancy... But it's the same technology everyone else has been doing for a while. They just made it look pretty. But, I mean, it does open the door for things in the future, too, especially with something that small. I can think of some, some really good uh, uses for it, right. like robotics or prosthetics. That ties into our life, Stephen, <laughs> is eventually we will have an elderly parent to take care of somehow. And, and that's something shared... A, across our country and other countries uh, and increasingly large numbers, especially when you consider it in terms of right. as we live longer due to medical increases, but then also have the same level of mental acuity that hasn't really increased drastically. Um, it's going to be more and more common to have an elderly parent that can't take care of themselves. And we just don't have enough people to do that right. and also work and run the rest of the country and, and all of that. And that's going to be a big issue. And one of the things that would be amazing is being able to um, check in on your parent remotely and, and have a rough idea as to what they're doing and if they're okay. Yep. But also maybe being able to remotely control a device that's in their home that you could use to interact with them directly. Or maybe your nurse uses when you're not there to help take care of the, uh, the parent, that kind of thing. Uh, some sort of remote assistance or telepresence. And honestly, vice versa. It's something that those that have lost control of their physical body would be able to, to use to, to do things that they can't anymore. 
right. Controlling right. phone, controlling the television, something as simple as that. I, further in the future, controlling robotics that help them out around the house. Right. And and realistically, why stop there? If, if we can use telepresence and um, some sort of neural control of external devices to make uh, the lives better for people who are um, maybe not able to take care of themselves or... or Quadriplegics, paraplegics. Right. If we can do all of that, then why not give myself spider legs and a giant prehensile dick that can grab things? Like, why not? <laughs> Doc, I... Doc Ock it. Well, yeah, it'd be like um, Ook Ook Doc Ock, which would be the monkey version. Um, but instead of a tail, <laughs> I'd have a giant dick. But but the, the result is still... Swinging from the trees. Oh, you're right, light posts. See, that'd be like Spider-Man in the jungle, but, you know. But then, what happens is when you're swinging and you get an erection, you can't grab on anymore? Well, you know, maybe if, since it'd be prehensile and maybe also... Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess it doesn't matter then, huh? Yeah, maybe I'd have full control. Um, so we'll look into that later, but the, um, the idea is there's a lot of things that are optional. I mean, look at things like, for instance, CRISPR, right? When that came out, that was sort of cutting edge and it was insane. And now you can buy a kit to make like CRISPR um, interventions on your own as a yeah, DIY. It, not going to lie, it sounded like you said, now you can buy a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Probably can. I mean, you can do that. Yeah. You can do that too, I'm sure, but 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 we're not talking about now. You can buy the blonde-haired, blue-eyed one. <laughs> well, <laughs> keep the bloodline pure. <laughs> you just got kicked off of Spotify, didn't we? I do. Like, that just derailed the whole thing. Like, I know, but I in in reality, <laughs> CRISPR in reality is is something that's going to be amazing for our future, for our kids' futures too. I mean, it's something that could quite literally eradicate Alzheimer's, diabetes, all sorts of diseases, cancers, all sorts of stuff, if we can get it as far as I'm imagining it. I don't know if it's completely possible, but I think it'd be amazing. You know, it, it's something that we can, with that, we're, we'll be able to better tailor medications and treatments and stuff like that. Um by being able to find what genes need to be edited and changed and, you know, turned on, turned off, something like that. Your arm gets cut off in an accident and now they go, okay, well, we're going to slap some stem cells on there and turn on the regrowth genes for the stem cells and you're going to grow yourself a new hand. Right, you know? right. There's a, one of the ways that that's been talked about is is not only, you know, so you'd have the genes, but then to have them not go out of control and cause cancer or something. Um, yeah. You can use optogenics, and that's where you um, have the genetic code set up so that it's sensitive to a particular light form. So you could, for instance, uh, use CRISPR to initiate some genetic changes or conditioning and then go into what looks like a tanning room, and your arm starts growing, and then you leave the room and it stops. And... Uh, once you're done with that process, then they would turn off those genes entirely. All of technology now, we have a very quick uh, growth in technology, which also means that very quickly we're going to run into problems that we need to be prepared for. The dangers with CRISPR in the first place is that it could be weaponized. Now you're, you have the ability to, to alter and edit genes, and, I mean, you get an Adolf Hitler of the 21st century... And True. now they can, not only can they r remove specific genes that they deem unworthy, 
they can ensure that the only those genes are passed on to all children born. You sort of I mean? a so, combination of forced eugenics and forced yeah, really that's what it'd be. It'd be not selective Nazis. breeding, basically. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think I think any technology is gonna have dangerous sides like that. I mean, Definitely. like you were saying with CRISPR, there's it'd be CRISPR puts it makes it possible to, for instance, um, induce quietly and discreetly those same um, genetic changes that are optogenic and then now they get exposed to the light and they die suddenly <laughs> but only the people that you wanted or only yeah yeah so it's yeah it's a very anything can be used like that i mean i think both as an offensive thing and as something that presents weaknesses or or security vulnerabilities i guess um for instance, with, with any kind of Neuralink, I mean, what happens if there's an EMP? Um, what happens right. when we're talking about being able to stimulate the brain directly to, for instance, you were talking about generating sort of representation of something to be able to see something or whatever. Well, that that's it's not too much of a link from that to somebody getting their device hacked and now they're getting electrocuted or seen or shown things that aren't there. Can you imagine having ransomware that took or, over your vision? Yeah, like <laughs> ads, pop-ups. <laughs> Right, right in front of your eyeballs while you're driving. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if, or, if, if it could be done, someone will do it, for sure. Or, or even worse, how about, you know, an EMP blast that goes out to an entire army that has neural links in their head for their heads-up displays, and now everybody's blind. Right. All of a sudden, it's blocking all nerve signals coming from their eyes. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, now you've got an entire army that can't see to fight. And certainly initially it won't be that complicated and it no, won't be that easy, no. but there's a lot of things that could be done to cause issues such as, it's like you know, if, yeah, really it is. Yeah. And when you start combining technologies too, you have things like, so with some, so if you were using some sort of genetic real time editing and you had an implant, for instance, that was um, supposed to modify your code to, I mean, your genetic code. Um, to keep you from experiencing the effects of a genetic disease, um, for instance, and your implant was hacked, <laughs> right? Now, right. now you, you could be infected with anything. Literally, you could literally catch a virus off the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's download more RAM. Download more brain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> download with more it, RAM. Two point Yeah, with it too, though. Another terrible way that it could be used is, is kind of like pharmaceutical companies now for profit. <clears throat> sure, yeah, mm. we can we can use your Neuralink and edit your genes and this and that, but the second you stop paying us, we turn it off. And mm. it's like, okay, so again, it's back to the same old, if you don't have the money, you're going to die. And, and I think both technologies come from the same structure that we've experienced other issues from if somebody yeah. in power is in control of these technologies is it really that far of a stretch to say like oh well our your neural implant detected your thought patterns were not um supporting the united states so right. we're gonna have to come over to our camp where we're gonna subject you to patterns that hopefully change that or right. um hey you know what your genetic test testing indicated this particular genetic disease uh so we're not gonna let you reproduce right or, yeah so now you mandatory vaccination or mandatory vasectomy 
you know what I would be scared of is capitalism. So think about it this way. Oh, uh, yeah. I that... can go pay for my daughter to have the Neuralink and be smarter than all of her friends because she has access to information they don't. Mm-hmm. And I can pay for my daughter to have genetic engineering or me to have genetic engineering so that my daughter has these benefits that other right. children don't. Right, and that's, and 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 that's unfortunately exactly where I see it going. It's going to end up being one of those tools for the elite, tools for the rich. <clears throat> while the poor just keep getting worse and worse and worse, and then all of a sudden now the elite and the rich have become so intelligent that there's no way to even properly compete unless you have a Neuralink, and therefore schools start rejecting those children because it's bringing down their score. You don't get into school. I mean, anybody who wants to say that couldn't happen, all you have to do is look at systemic racism. That's literally what happened. That's Except for instead yeah, that's of, same thing. We, we literally had just... a group of people that were forced into... Um, poverty all at roughly the same time and they're still dealing with ramifications and granted that's a way more complicated way more intense situation but the same thing could very easily happen uh i don't know if you ever read the original hg wells the time machine uh if i did it's been a very long yeah so the idea was you know way way in the future we had sort of separated into two different races effectively you know we had the yeah technologically advanced day walkers and then the morlocks that that uh lived underground and were sort of tribe in the dark yeah right and the idea was that over time it just started with we had people who got to partake of the benefits of of labor and then the people underground that are performing the labor and eventually they became sort of two separate species entirely and yeah i mean that's a little well, and it, it sounds far-fetched and it's crazy, but the, the actual idea of it is the general premise of it is completely understandable because that's exactly what happens now with the rich get rich and the poor get poorer, you know? Right, right. And eventually when you can just turn them off if you have enough money, it's like, oh my god, she's so poor, she actually has, like, bad teeth or mental problems. or <laughs> you Right, know, you're not gonna right. Have a... Yeah. She's so poor that she doesn't have, you know, night vision. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, you know, that's something that I think. He's so poor, he early. doesn't have a prehensile cock. So the good thing about both of these <laughs> technologies is either one of them, I will have a dick that can grab things. And that's, that's really all I yes. care about. That's I mean, I society care. falling, it's going to happen eventually. But when is my prehensile dick going to happen? Dude, I just want two more arms. Can you imagine all the shit you could do with four oh, yeah. arms? So I actually started designing a prosthetic that would be operated like that using back muscles, but I couldn't find any way using any muscle group that wasn't going to involve like extensive retraining and possibly hurting my muscles. It's I think something a, like... Uh, CRISPR, grow some more muscles. <laughs> <laughs> you could approach it with either, right? You could modify your genetic code, although good luck knowing how to modify enough right. to do <laughs> But whatever. Right, but yeah... Somehow in our sci-fi future of CRISPR, you could grow extra arms. Yeah, genetic engineering. You could, you know, you could grow that prehensile dick, or with something like neural interfaces of some sort, you could make a prosthetic one to control. Yeah. Evolution in general is now going to be rapidly sped up and forced by us, as opposed mm. to just nature taking its course. I mean, evolution in general, our bodies are changing quickly and then you know the, the our society is changing so quickly that we can't keep up evolution wise and so if we don't adjust these things with crispr neuralink and stuff like that we're gonna end up killing ourselves off honestly 
the guiding hand of evolution was, was sort of survival, but I have a feeling that if we have a, if we guide our own hand <laughs> in terms of determining our own evolution, that our, our goals may not be quite the same anymore, you know? We're not really yep. worried about surviving so much as, well, I mean, look at what wars are fought over, what things are really people, what things people are really passionate about now. That's yeah, the sort of definitely. decisions we'd be making um, these kind of critical choices based on. It's a little scary, but also it's exciting. I mean, you can't have one without the other. There's always going to be risk with any kind of like self-determination, any kind of autonomy over our own bodies. Um, because any change to us is a change to the whole species in the long run, right? If we if we enable others, all of us, to make the same sort of choices, we may have a very diverse <laughs> species. And that, in the long run, is probably very good for us. Um, it's it's definitely concerning, like, what happens if we narrow that down and only some people have access. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. I, I think that's kind of why the DIY community and sort of biohacking has grabbed on both of these technologies as something very, very exciting because both of them allow you to modify yourself on a very open level. You can you can use non-invasive imaging now. Um, I've built EEG systems and then used uh, neural systems and big data techniques to analyze it, and you can actually get some data out of it. You can do that now with a computer and $20 of electronics. And, and you can do some CRISPR yeah. stuff, although granted, both of those are still very in their infancy still you know this is we just figured out the steam engine and we're talking about building cars here but it's right. going that direction I, I have this vision of going to a uh, vending machine and vending out a injection from crispr edited injection that it's like ah shit i gotta track me let me check my big legs <laughs> i mean realistically if if the medium itself doesn't take a lot, it's just the time. So if you could find some way to speed it up or just plan it out ahead of time, it wouldn't be that hard to say, hey, implant, I'm going to be running overnight. track tomorrow. If when I wake up, I've got some buff legs and I'm ready to go, you know? We're up, we're always going to run back to this, but hey, uh, implant, <laughs> i got a big date tomorrow night. <laughs> go, go, gadget dick. Go, go, gadget prehensile dick. I think it's important that I can grab things with it, maybe swing Pretty with insulting. it. That's I keep mentioning that. Is that a that, monkey? It's important. No, it's a man and his prehensile dick. Penis man. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Bearded Brothers Broadcast. Next time we'll be talking with my son Shane about video games and quantum mechanics and how they intertwine.